0: This is BarkCast. On each episode of BarkCast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy?
1: It's been good mate, thanks for asking.
0: Excellent. I've had an email from Tom. Hello Tom. Tom wants to get a dog from a shelter. Okay, cool. Tom has asked you, Russell, if you've got any top tips or advice in purchasing. Do you purchase dogs from
1: shelters? I guess you do, don't you? It depends. Some shelters will ask you to make like a donation fee of, of X amount. Others uh, just take them and away you go. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> thanks for that. That's right.
0: Uh, Tom has asked, any top tips or advice on getting a dog from a shelter?
1: Okay. Good and interesting question. There's been a bit of an exponential boom in dog ownership in the last two years. You know, COVID comes along and all of a sudden everyone's out and about getting dogs, which at one level is fantastic. On the other level, it's also about looking at your own motivations for wanting the dog and your lifestyle. I would always look at those two things particularly first, because that's going to give you some clues as to the type of dog that you want to have in your life. For example, if you're very, very busy, constantly at work, you've got you know, kids that are always at school, dinner activities and what have you, that negates the amount of time that you might have to actually work with a dog, take it for walks. So having a dog that needs a lot of exercise and a lot of engagement might start causing you problems and what have you. Equally, if you're you know quite sedate and like the quiet life, just sitting by the pool and relaxing, that's you're going to have issues as well if you've got a dog that needs to get out and, uh, and exercise and what have you.
0: Before you carry on, okay. I'm going to interrupt as always. That's
1: all well and good, Russell. But how do you know?
0: Well, this is, you, you go into the, I've been into the vets and they've got those lovely books there with a the different breeds, and it has yep. the little ticks of, yeah, are yeah, they yeah, small yeah. dogs, don't need a lot of walking, don't need brushing, da, 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 yeah, yeah. and that's great. So I know that a beagle is going to be a lot of running Yep. and I also then know that a poodle might not need so much running. an English bulldog. Thank you, for probably English Bulldog was yeah. probably a better... Yeah. better do- that's why you're into dogs and I'm not. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to a shelter... You've got less of an idea of what you're getting. And
1: yeah.
0: you have no idea what's inside those dogs.
1: You've, with, pretty much, yes. There are some indications. Sometimes you can look at a dog and go, yeah, there's a little bit of you know lab in that or there's a bit of shepherd or something. You can sometimes extrapolate from what you're looking at some ideas. That's number one. Number two... A lot of issues that we have with shelter dogs is, A, there's an awful lot of dogs in a very, very confined space. So you're, a lot of them time not seeing the dog as a true reflection of what that individual character is like. And sometimes with shelter dogs, you can take them out for a little walk sort of around wherever the shelter happens to be. So at least you can take the dog out of that environment. And it's sometimes, if not always, good to do that because now it's just you and the dog or you and your family and the dog. So you can now see on its own, without a 1,000 dogs all around it, what it's actually like. Is it engaging with you? Is it pulling at the leash to get away with you? Sort of those Im- immediate kind of things. One of the, the questions I often get asked is, should I get a specific breed from a breeder or should I go to the pound? You know, And which do I think is better? Let me this, ask that question, Russell.
0: Russell, should I get a specific <laughs> breed or should I go to the shelter and get a dog from the pound?
1: It's. I'm going to sit on the fence with that one. That is entirely up to you as an owner as to what you like. I appreciate... Some people love their, insert breed name here, I love Dobermans, I will get a Doberman next, or whatever it happens to be. I also appreciate, particularly somewhere here like Phuket, where we have a lot of rescue dogs in the shelters, it makes absolute sense to go and take one of these dogs, it's there, it's ready, it needs a loving home, and by taking those dogs, you're not fueling the mass population puppy mill breeding exercise that goes on. So I understand both sides of, of that particular argument. And it's not for me to say what I think any individual should do. You go and get your dog and I'll deal with whatever you've got afterwards. In terms of shelter dogs, though, uh, we, we have spoken, I believe, at length about breeders. And if not, we can do a separate podcast on that. But in terms of shelter dogs, one of the big issues with shelter dogs, somewhat ironically, is the fact that they are shelter dogs. And by the fact of it being a shelter dog means there is a history and an emotion attached to that. So we go to the shelter, we select dog A, we take it home and we carry with us, ourselves, the human element of this, this emotional baggage of it. Oh, this poor thing came from the shelter. Oh, you should have seen him in the shelter. There were so many dogs and oh, you know. On one hand, I love the idea that we're giving that amount of love and attention to this dog, but that can actually have a lot of bad side effects, i.e. reinforcing a lot of behaviors that you don't want. The image tends to be that dog had... And usually shelter dogs come with a story. So you'll talk to the people there and say, oh, what about this dog? Oh, well, that dog we rescued as a puppy and he was found under a truck and he'd been hit with a stick. And there's always these stories that are attached to these dogs. And I'm not saying those aren't true. But at the end of the day, none of that really matters because dogs live in the moment. So when you're a dog, you've adopted this dog from the shelter, you're now sitting at home and six months later... That dog is not sitting on the end of your bed, basking in the sunshine, thinking, oh, blimey, I've, I've landed on my paws here. I remember six months ago in that shelter. Oh, terrible times. They don't do that.
0: I'm sorry. I, I can't help but laugh at your landed on my paws here. Yeah. <laughs> Very funny. I like that. So, yeah,
1: but it's, but they don't work in that sort of way. So they just live in the moment. What you're trying
0: to say, and I'm sure you're going to get around to it in a minute, and I'm going to interrupt you as I always do, that most people, when they go into a the shelter, they're looking and they see that. That poor little one over yeah. in the corner, because that's the cute one, and no one loves and that one. Whereas the that's ones that are exactly jumping up it. and being engaging straight away, you're like, oh well, they're they're okay. Those ones, y-
1: yes and no, and that's so, and and yeah, that's the, the the follow-on point. So we're going in with this emotional baggage ourselves anyway, trying to do the right thing to rescue a dog, and yes, that can then in line guide you towards the ones that you feel need to be rescued more than the others, in whatever guise that is. A good number of times that can be the the puppy or the dog that's super scared, keeping away, tail ducked and all of that. The one that just looks, oh dear, I have to rescue this. On one hand, I love the fact that you're trying to do the very best. But in a lot of cases, those are the dogs, sad to say, that I would probably guide you to avoid.
0: Before you tell me why, you mentioned just then tail duct. Sorry, what's that?
1: So just having that tail ducked under their legs... So if oh, tucked. Tucked, yeah, yeah, Oh,
0: sorry, I misheard you. I thought you said ducked, as in duct. Well, tape. yeah, I probably
1: did say ducked, as in ducked, as in dropping down. Anyway. Was oh,
0: okay. <laughs> well, that a technical term, then, is it?
1: Uh, it's just, I don't know or if it's just a, a term, term or just a Russell term, probably. It's a Russellism. Should we'll go with tucked that. between its legs? I would probably use either, but that's just me. I'd probably use the one that everyone uses. but that's just you and everyone else. <laughs> True. Okay, look, <laughs> anyway, back, meanwhile, to, back, back yeah,
0: to... back in the room... <laughs> back <laughs> it's a little little dog in the corner looking all sheepish so, Not yeah. these are sheep because that'd be even sillier
1: but i'm so going for for those sort of dogs that one that's showing all of these sort of fearful signs and what have you it's a difficult one, i don't want to say you know do not get that dog but i would i would urge you to maybe look at another dog that is perhaps exhibiting some more engaging outgoing signals rather than the one that's trying to cower in the corner that is not to suggest that that one carrying in the corner is a lost cause and can never be trained or worked with. It could end up being a really valuable member of your family. But this would also go in hand with what is your motivation for getting the dog and what is your lifestyle structure? Because again, if you're you know a young family, got two young kids, and you know, we want to get a dog for the kids so they can learn to be around a dog and they can play with it and they can walk it and and all of that lovely stuff, Well, you're now bringing in a really spooky, nervous dog that might not like immediately all of that attention it's about to get. And it's really not going to like the effervescent energy of young kids jumping all over it, chasing it, pulling it, and all of that. So, And then, of course, we've now got issues with the dog jumping or mouthing or maybe even biting at the kids because it's terrified. And somewhere down the line, that dog ends up back at the shelter... And we then go and get a, another dog that fits us better. And the problem therein is that puppy is now a little bit older. And of course, as any shelter person will tell you, the older they get, the less likely they are to be rehomed.
0: About a minute ago, you used the word spooky. Can you yes. just clarify? Because I, I don't want people thinking that it's a ghost dog. <laughs> no, when just, what do just you mean by scared. spooky?
1: Just scared. If you walk into any, any, any shelter little um, you know, packs and packs of dogs there some will come running up to you sort of ears flat backs or wide-eyed and big swooshy waggy tails maybe even jump up on you very engaging sort of you know barky bouncy and all of that there'll be some that sort of look at you and kind of get yeah, whatever and just sort of mill around not really bothered and there'll be others that will be like oh look at that human let me get as far away from that as possible I'm using sort of generic, no, absolutely. I broad just wanted to just clarify sort of the word strokes, spooky. Yeah. Not yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> spooky would be the one that's saying, "Hi, Jay, I'm off." Not some <laughs> afterlife skeleton dog no, that you no. pick up. So
0: when you've you've gone into the shelter and you obviously want to talk to the the shelter people, yeah,
1: because they'll know. And that this is also a, a, a bit of a difference because obviously the shelter people, they're there every day. They know all, if not most, of those dogs. And in their defence, they will maybe see a some different behaviors in those dogs that we popping in for that five ten minutes might not see. So they might be able to tell you, okay, the, the spooky one over there. Yeah. He's a little bit nervous when people come in, but when you spend 10 minutes with him, Oh, he's all over you and licking you. Everything's fine. That could very well be the case. So finding out from them about what those dogs behaviors can be like can be useful. I don't take it as gospel and I find, and this is not me bashing the shelter people, but I find a lot of the time, it's all about the emotional story that goes with that dog. Because, bless them, shelters run on peanuts. There's the, the more dogs that they can be home, the better. It's less money they need to feed those dogs in the shelter. I totally get it. And to be fair, a lot of these people, it's volunteer time. It's their money out of their own pockets. I do get it. But at the same time, for Tom going in there, the better bet would be you get the right dog first time round that fits your family dynamic. If you're a single person, or you know, got kids but they've left home, or they're at university or what have you, and you have time to work with that spooky little puppy and bring him out of his shell into the amazing dog that he can be, that's fantastic. But if you don't, you might want to redirect yourself and look at another dog that is perhaps a little bit more engaging off the bat.
0: There's many different types of shelters. Yes.
1: would you recommend going to visit some yeah no i would go to as many as you as you can for the the simple fact of just the the more dogs you see and i tend to kind of think you'll go to a shelter and on one hand every you'll be like i need to take all of these dogs home they're all amazing because for the most part again that's us going in with our emotional baggage and I totally get that. I, I And I still, I'll walk into a shelter and go, oh my God, I, I just want to take them all. So the more shelters you go to, you kind of anesthetize yourself to that a little bit, which is, okay, and I've, I've immersed myself in it enough, I'm now looking at the dogs that are in front of me. And key okay, there might just be that one dog out of all of those dogs that just catches your eye or tugs the heartstring or just does something that you think, yep, you know what, I reckon that's the one. So, but obviously the more you places you go to you're just widening the options that, that are available to you
0: once tom's and I, i'm gonna and you just can agree with me if you like here he'll have a, like a checklist of the the things that or the dog that he's looking for so
1: ideally yes and you'd be surprised how many people don't
0: so like a little bullet point thing of saying right it's almost i don't want to say a shopping list because it sounds but it is a it's almost a list of he's got a list of criteria that he's looking for
1: yes and you'd be surprised how many people come to me, no, well, you'd be surprised how many people don't come to me prior to going to get the dog. They get the dog and then they come to see me, which is fine. But the very few people that come to me first leave, and I, I use this word carefully, a bit more enlightened. So, oh wow, we hadn't thought of that. Oh, we didn't consider that. Oh yes, that's a good point. So now when they're going to the shelter or, the, or wherever to get their dog, they've now narrowed their focus even more and they understand what they're looking for and why. So, yes, and I would argue to anyone, yes, if you're thinking about a dog, yes, write these things down. What is it? Oh, we know we've been putting it off for so long and the kids keep badgering us. They want to get a dog. They want to get a dog. They want to get a dog. Fantastic. Understand as a parent, by the way, once you've got the dog for the kids, chances are you're the one that's going to be responsible. However much the child says, oh, we promise to do everything. So, that's number one. But number two, what is it that you want? Do you want the dog to be the sleepy one by the fire? Do you want the dog to be a running companion or, or whatever it is? Because armed with that knowledge, when you go to the shelter and you're looking at the one that's, that's the dog we want. Look, he's adorable. He's gorgeous. He's all of these amazing things. But does he actually meet the criteria you just set yourself half an hour ago? Because if it doesn't, as adorable as he might be with his floppy ears and big eyes, he's possibly not going to fit into your lifestyle and it's not going to be the ideal dog for you.
0: One more question, because you did summarize very well then, but I have got one more question. Should you change the name of the dog when you (laughs) get it?
1: Very funny you should ask that. I have recently just acquired a new dog and he has a she name. Um, Can you change the name of the dog? Yes, you absolutely can. It's just about continuity and reinforcement. So if Copernicus was adopted from the shelter and you want to change his name to Einstein or vice versa, knock yourself out. There's absolutely no drama with that whatsoever.
0: Well you've picked some crazy names every That's just
1: my back to the future references for those that got it.
0: Oh really? Yes. It wasn't me.
1: To summarise so basically I would start off if you're yep, if you've made that decision you want to get a dog into your, your family, your lifestyle, start off with a list of things as to why you want the dog. And what is your lifestyle and how is the dog going to fit into that in terms of the time you have available, the things you want to do? Um, Just actually one other thing to mention in terms of that here in Phuket, we're in a very transient place. People do come here usually for short stints. So that could be two, three, maybe five years. What are you going to do when you move to another country? Is the dog that you've got able to travel? i.e. if you're going for a French bulldog or any other dog that's of the Bracophallic squash nose variety, you're going to have issues with traveling with them later. That's something you want to consider. Okay? So you've got your checklist. Go to as many different shelters as you can. See as many different dogs as you can. Try as best to leave your emotional baggage at the front gate and go in uh, cold for want of a better word and just look at the dogs that are in front of you. I would... Argue against not making a snap decision. Go back and forth to the shelter, even if it means seeing the same dog a few times. Ask if you can take them for a little walk around the the area just to spend some time with them. You might find that over the course of doing that, that, yep, that is actually the dog for us, or actually no, he's a bit too bouncy or a bit too pulley or a bit too just, I mean, a lot of these things that you can fix with some training, obviously, but it just might not be the one for you. So the more time you can spend doing your groundwork, the better chance you've got of actually getting the right dog first off. Cool. Thank you very much, Russ. Thank you very much, buddy. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye.
0: If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long-term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy. BarkCast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a
1: podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at J at shark13productions.com.